Hello, everybody. It is your boy Hunt back with another episode of Tabletop Recap. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I'm by myself again. I know the past few have been by myself. I have a very good explanation for that. For one thing, uh, Big Boy Chunks and I are doing some pretty heavy distancing right now uh, because it appears that someone I lived with might have had COVID and they were really, really sick for like two straight weeks and refused to get tested and I was distancing from them pretty hard. Uh, basically just staying on a completely different floor of the house than them. But they thought it was a good idea to sleep in the living room since they were sick. Uh, luckily, I don't really use the living room. <laughs> I just stay in my room. I'm a very private uh, guy in my personal life, to be honest. But uh, I'm all over YouTube and stuff. But in my personal life, I'm actually pretty private. Uh, so distancing because of that. And... I know what you're all thinking. You can be like, well, Big Boy Chungus, you, you guys could just do it over the internet. Well, I don't have internet at home. Uh, I live in this super, super rural... I live in the middle of the woods, literally. And, uh, like, you can't see another house or even a road or anything from my house. Uh, I can't get internet. I can't get an internet provider, period. Yeah. That's how rural I am. So I usually upload these at Big Boy Chungus's place and stuff because I do not have internet. But also, Big Boy Chungus has just straight up been unable to talk. Uh, <laughs> he had some oral surgery, uh, and he'll be back on the show when his mouth is feeling better. Also, that's when we'll play Dungeons & Dragons again, and etc. Because I can't really play all these games by myself, but if he can't speak, a lot of these games you can't really play... So, especially Dungeons and Dragons, since he's the DM, and it's a very vocal game. So that's why Big Boy Chungus has been a bit absent. Just thought I'd make it super clear. But today's episode is about the Tomb of Horrors. Specifically, when will we play it? Uh, because a while back we said we were going to play it next, right after Descent into Avernus, Avernus, whatever. Uh... But we rescinded that. A couple of our play half of our players came to us. And they were like... No, at the time it wasn't half. At the time it was two-thirds. And they were like, hey, we don't want to play the Tomb of Horrors anymore. And the reason they didn't want to play is because we were just going to go straight into it with uh, their characters after Descent into Avernus. And... They're both the type of players who get way too attached to their characters... Uh, getting attached to your character is a good thing because it kind of gives you a bit of a some simulated survival instincts when you're playing. But we have some players who basically just make well, a wizard version of their real life selves and stuff and etc. And uh, we have other players who are like brand new and this is their first character and they really don't want their first character to get one shotted in the Tomb of Horrors. No one can blame them. It's fine. It's all good. Uh, so, but then Big Boy and Chungus and I were like, when are we going to play the Tomb of Horrors? I'm not going to play the Tomb of Horrors. I have played it before. I have beaten it. It was... It's not that hard if you use your real-life intelligence instead of your character's intelligence. 
that's that's the whole thing. That's the whole point of it. Uh, you're not. You're almost not even supposed to role play in it, which is pretty insane. It's just one big test. It's a big test for tournament play. That is, Gygax, who was kind of a, he was a weird guy uh, versus players, and a lot of people don't like it for that reason. Personally, I prefer more role hey role. Role-play heavy stuff, that is why I'm pretty excited for Tomb of Annihilation. Because one, it's it's got a lot of role-play in it, despite also having the dungeon. But two, it's got a bunch of dinosaurs, and I love dinosaurs. You've heard me talk about dinosaurs at length on this podcast. I love them. Love them, love them, love them. So, we, uh, we're probably not going to play it for a long time. Well, for one thing, it might be kind of difficult to run for a new GM. I still kind of consider Big Boy Chungus a new GM. Uh, even though he's been GMing for a while now, uh, since the Sunless Citadel, which has been a while, but I don't know, it might have been less than a year or just a year. I don't know. And he's only been playing for a little less than two years. So we're going to wait till everybody's more experienced, including the players. I'm a veteran player of 12 years, but everyone else in the group is... They basically just started playing under Big Boy Chungus. D-Legend had never played before until Descent into Avernus. Keocat had never played before until Descent into Avernus. G and Connor had never played before until the Sunless Citadel. So, maybe... Two of Horrors probably isn't something for new players anyways. So, we're just going to wait. It'll probably be the very last thing that we do in the Tales of the Yawning Portal book. We are going to be playing the 5th edition version. Uh, for one thing, we will be playing 5th edition. I played it back during uh 4th I think. I played it in high school. In high school it was it was pretty brutal. It killed everybody but two of us. Uh yeah, there was myself and then a you know, cliche dragonborn paladin character. Uh we made it out, but it it was because as players we used our real world intelligence instead of our character's intelligence and that's why we made it through that's a hundred percent the reason everyone else died and came out with a different character uh so you just gave him a new character to keep going because it was you know D, &D club or whatever and i didn't play tomb of horrors until after i've been playing for like four years three or four years so i was i was i was good to go yo i was good to go yo Huh. But yeah, I don't think our players are ready, and uh, no offense to Big Boy Jungus or anything, I don't think he is super ready either. Uh, I'm not trying to call the guy out or anything, but he just started, you know, making pre-session notes, <laughs> which is something that you should do the very first time you GM and every time you GM. Uh you know but uh he's <laughs> he's just learning still everybody's learning 
and I don't want to run it. I do not want to be the game master for it. I don't like being a game master for Dungeons and Dragons very much, to be completely honest, because I'm not a fantasy guy. There are a couple games I've run on here. I ran, I ran Rick and Morty, but that was just because uh, everyone else wanted to play and no one wanted to be the DM for it, so I DM'd for it, and also. I, it was just a dungeon run and etc. And I didn't have to write it. That's more of the big problem. I don't want to have to write anything. But I'm also not very confident with my ability to run pre-written adventures. Dungeons and Dragons was actually, or Dungeons and Dragons Rick and Morty was actually laid out very, very simply because it is kind of for newer DMs. Uh, so that helped. But with with my ADD and stuff, it's very hard to really get into a pre-written and run it you got it pretty bad and i can't afford medication for it these days uh, but writing is different because it's all in my head i i know everything that's on the sheet it's like sure i have my own notes and stuff to help me but i remember everything uh but in in fantasy it's just like lots of players expect some really deep lore especially g and big boy chungus they very much love lore uh but also, I just, I'm not a fantasy guy outside of Dungeons and Dragons. Outside of tabletop gaming, I don't watch any high fantasy, like, movies or shows. I don't read any big fantasy books. I'm a big, like, sci-fi guy. The closest thing I get to fantasy is paranormal, you know? That's that's really it. I'm I'm just not a fantasy guy. That's why... All the Dungeons and Dragons stories that I've run that I wrote were like almost sci-fi. Like if I ever had to really write a campaign in an official D&D setting, it would 100% be Eberron because it's it's like walking the line, you know? Like when I ran my uh, Dinosaur Island sessions and stuff where there were like dinosaur people and etc. It was basic. There was just a lot of science that was just powered by magic instead of electricity. Like, there were robots. But instead of being powered by electricity, they just had a soul in them. And that that was it. And they had computers just run by raw, arcane energy. Like, actual computers. Like, desktops. Because I don't... I don't... I don't... I'm not a high fantasy guy. Uh, in the Tomb of Horrors, we haven't even decided how we're gonna run it. Like... Part of me is like, there are things in it that have no saves and stuff like that. And I think it's unfair to have something without a save that can one-shot kill you. Like, if it doesn't have a save and it can just does a tiny, tiny bit of damage, like, I can get over that. I still think it's unfair, but I can get over it. Uh, but if it's no save and a one-shot, that's kind of odd right like the, the the dungeon is intentionally just it just wrecks you so when, when we play it we're definitely going to go in with brand new characters minimal backstories probably that we don't care about very much uh i'm not gonna play in it because i've played it before and i i remember a lot of the traps and stuff i remember the crown and the rod i remember the spear of annihilation i remember where the entrance is etc 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 i remember the pillars 
Like, I remember a lot, and it'd be basically impossible not to metagame. Uh, and and sometimes there have been times where I'd like had a spoiler before or something on accident, uh, and I kind of set off something, I did something incorrect uh, on purpose. But if you do that kind of thing in Tomb of Horrors, it's just going to insta kill you. So if you know a puzzle because you heard a spoiler or have played it before in the Tomb of Horrors, and you don't want to metagame, the only way to not metagame is really just stand there and choose to do nothing. It's so... E. So yeah, I, I don't have a place replaying the Tomb of Horrors, in my opinion. I, I, I don't see myself ever replaying it, uh, unless one day I just forget everything. But even if I do when I'm playing it and we come in a room and it's described... Like, that could trigger my memory and stuff. So I probably, well, if I played it right now, I'd probably end up remembering a lot more than I actually can just remember off the top of my head. You see what I'm saying? Also, our characters are kind of dumb. No, like... <laughs> so, a lot of the characters in our party... This is one reason that they need more experience before they play the Tomb of Horrors, because they are so overly cautious already. Like, our players, this is something that they actually often do. They'll come up to a door, and then they'll run, like, multiple checks on the door and argue whether they should go over a door or not, and it's, like, the only door to go to the direction they need to go. They have to go through it. And so there'll be, like, 20 to 30 real-world time of them with this door if the GM doesn't force them to hurry up. Uh, so then they do that. and then, but, as, but once they finally go through the door, they stop and they won't do anything because they're so paranoid about traps and ambushes and stuff. And in the Tomb of Horrors, you kind of should be paranoid, not to maybe that extent, but you should be on the lookout, very vigilant, uh, and not touching anything you absolutely don't have to. Uh, in a lot of places, but if that's how they're, if that's how they are just walking through a building, just a normal building, imagine them in the Tomb of Horrors that's famous and even infamous for its traps. And, but the thing about the Tomb of Horrors is a lot of its traps aren't actually traps, they're just punishments uh, for doing things wrong or doing something in a stupid way. Uh, a lot of the pe things that people call traps in the Tomb of Horrors aren't actually traps. I want to make that clear. They're just punishments for... Like, the crown isn't really a trap. The crown and the rod, right? It's just... If you're dumb, you get punished, and you got a 50-50 chance of either getting out of it or dying. <laughs> so, crown and the rod. You know. You know how it be. She. I don't know. I can't talk to kids. I'm not young and hip. But I think I think that we just have to wait for the Tomb of Horrors. Because they need to get over being scared of dying. Uh, and you should want to protect your characters. You should. It's good to have some kind of survival instinct in the game. But they're so, so, so protective. Like, we have players who, when they lose just a couple hit points, they'll be like, uh, I, I, I just lost hit points. 
guys, I just lost hit points. I made this much. I need heals. And it's like, you don't really, though. You lost 10 hit points. You're level 7. You're fine. It's like, no, I need heals. I need heals. Uh, they don't do that as much anymore, thank goodness, but they used to. They just, everybody, everybody needs more experience. The GM needs more experience. The players need more experience. We need to go in with new characters that we have zero attachment to. Maybe even just give them pre-gens or something. Uh, or etc. But if we give them pre-gens or have them make new characters, we need to make sure that they have weapons that can actually hurt a Sarak? Because I don't... I don't think the Tomb of Horrors has any weapons within it that you can get as loot that hurt a Sarak. Because you're supposed to go in as such a high-level player, so I think it assumes you already have it. Also, why would a Sarak have weapons that can hurt him in places where characters could get to them? That doesn't even make sense. Uh, and this is supposed to be a... a Dungeon from a very smart villain for very smart players. We just got to see how it goes. Yo. How's it go, yo? <sighs> Whatever. I'm not smart or funny or entertaining in any ways. You probably didn't even make it this, <laughs> this far. I'm so sorry about these single person episodes. I really don't like doing single person episodes, but sometimes uh, to keep... On our schedule, I didn't want to take another hiatus. So, here we are, you know? I didn't want to take another hiatus. And wait for, uh, you know, my quarantine to be over and for Big Boy Chungus's mouth to heal. Uh, but I do have... Uh, that's, that's basically why we decided to not play Tomb of Horrors right after Descending to Avernus. Now... It seems like what we're going to do is play maybe like a one to three sessioner between the Sending to Avernus and I believe Waterdeep Dragon Heist. It was pretty much unanimously Icewind Dale, but then everyone changed their minds uh, because I think people wanted something a little less depressing. Uh, Sending to Avernus isn't that depressing, but it is lots of demons and death and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I think they just wanted something where they could do a lot more role play and stuff because in the Sin into Avernus, most of your role play is with devils and lots of the characters in my party kind of refuse to talk to devils at all. Uh, <laughs> same with demons, but, uh, they're gonna have to learn to talk to them and compromise. Our players are very, uh, they have characters that see the world in a very black and white way, which is not, which just doesn't work for Descendant to Avernus, because you have to deal with devils and stuff, which is one reason I made a character that was neutral evil. Um, and hopefully we'll see more of him very soon. I really enjoyed playing him, and the players really screwed him over, so I can't wait to see what happens next. But yeah, now we're going to go into some news. Uh, we are starting our Call of Cthulhu uh, 
group very soon. It might play about monthly unless the players want to play more often. Uh, the thing is, I decided it would be monthly because... Uh, <laughs> I decided to make it monthly because I don't want uh, anyone to get TTRPG fatigue because we play Dungeons & Dragons every other week. And I don't want them to be playing that and Call of Cthulhu and get fatigued. The people that are in our Dungeons & Dragons group aren't going to be all the same people who are in Call of Cthulhu. I'm kind of... I'm kinda, I'm basically going to be the forever keeper for Call of Cthulhu. Keeper is the same thing as Dungeon Master. Keeper of Arcane Lore and Dungeon Master are both just different GM terms. They're both Game Masters. So I'm probably going to be the forever keeper. I ran it when we played the one-shot Cult of the Exo uh, with Kami and Karen. But Kami and Karen aren't really uh, playing PPRPGs these days. they got too much going on. Uh, which is fine. So I got a new group together, and Connor and G will be playing in it as well. So they're the main reasons that it's monthly, because I don't want either of them to get fatigue. But Big Boy Chungus is also going to be a player in it. Uh, I don't think he'll... I'm not really worried about him getting fatigue, because TTRPGs are his life. Not like they're actually his life. <laughs> Anything he does outside of work is almost certainly has something to do with a TTRPG. So, you know, what a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. For Big Boy Chungus, anyways. <laughs> but uh, also, uh, so that's three. And I kind of wanted to cap it at three. But I took on another player anyways. Uh, Keocat and D-Legend are not going to be playing Call of Cthulhu. Neither of them seems to really have any interest in it. They, they're, So lots of D&D groups have players that aren't super interested in the game. They just want to hang out with their friends, and that's what their friends are doing, so they play it. Uh, there's probably only one D&D group I've been in that didn't have players like that. That's kind of what Kia Cat and D Legend are. They they just play because everyone they like to hang out with is playing. So, you know, they just get to spend time with their friends. And that's totally valid and fine. That's completely fine. Uh, if the whole group is players like that, nothing's probably going to get done. But, you know, a couple of the players being like that is totally, totally fine. You know, they still pull their weight in the game and everything. Uh, it's all good. But I did add a third person. Uh, you know, I haven't really talked to her about the podcast or anything, so I don't want to give you her name or anything. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but most people have uh, a name for the podcast that's not their real name. Uh, and most of them just do that to sound cool. Like, they, they it's like, because D Legend is fine with his real name being mentioned, but he prefers D Legend because that's part of his Twitch handle, and he's really passionate about his Twitch. Uh, he streams a lot. Check it out. But uh, yeah, so the family member of one of the players is joining us, and she's never—I don't think she's ever played a TTRPG. But Call of Cthulhu is a horror game, 
it's horror and monsters and stuff and she's big into horror and monsters and a lot of my games will be based on like cult classics uh and like classic monster films and tropes and stuff and she's really into all that so i think she'd really uh fit in she's kind of my movie buddy <laughs> we've never watched a movie together but we always talk about movies it's very fun but uh i thought she would really enjoy it and i'd heard she wanted to play with us anyways so i invited her first <laughs> i was like hey you want to play she was very excited very very excited so we got that group and then there's a third TTRPG gaming group. That's right, I'm going to be in three groups at once. Sue me. Um, this third group will be for the My Little Pony Tales of Equestria TTRPG. Keocat is very, very into uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. She absolutely loves it, loves it, loves it, loves it. And uh, this was, it's another high fantasy, well, it's maybe not high fantasy, but it's a fantasy TTRPG, but the lore isn't like super deep and complicated like it is for, say, Dungeons and Dragons or Lord of the Rings or basically any fantasy post-Tolkien because Lord of the Rings kind of set a precedent for having deep, complicated, extensive lore uh which makes lots of fantasy stuff hard to approach for new readers and players i could do a whole rant about that to be completely honest and i probably have before but uh yeah so uh that's keocat enjoys playing ttrpgs but she's not very invested in the world of dungeons and dragons but i found the mlp one and i was like hey, if I bought this game, would you play it? And she was like, OMG, yes, 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 yes. Absolutely, I want to play that so bad. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I just want to, I, and I'm kind of on a quest right now to play as many different TTRPG systems as possible. Uh, I already did a play your own adventure game for My Little Pony, Tales of Equestria. It was called uh, The Dragon's Bounty. It was a single player one where the book kind of DMs you and there's no real GM. Uh, Call of Cthulhu has a few of those as well. I think Call of Cthulhu has like four of those. Alone Against the Flames, Tide, Frost, and Dark. Yeah, I recommend Flames for newer ones, Dark for more experienced players. In fact, I think Alone Against the... Oh my god, the dog's twitching. She's asleep and she's twitching. It's so cute. But, uh... Yeah, I think Alone Against the Dark is for, like, more experienced uh, investigators. And then Alone Against the Flames is for less experienced. And Alone Against the Flames comes in the starter set, so that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, so Kyokat was really excited to play that. Uh, and the trouble is finding more players because, you know, a lot of my male friends are too insecure to play this. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, if you remember... Karen, uh, who was DMing a 1 to 20 campaign for us, she said she might be able to play that. Because one of the reasons that she and Kami stopped playing was uh, because they just didn't have the time and stuff to be running a campaign, I believe. Like, she was the DM and she wasn't running 
a module or anything. It was all stuff that she wrote, her own world with her own lore. And that's a lot more work than just prepping a pre-written module. And so what I want to do is I, I will be GMing for this as well. And once again, I'm not very confident with my ability to run pre-written adventures but lots of these pre-written adventures for the MLP game are actually very simple and easy to understand because they're for children. They're for children. And I have watched the show. Well, most of the show. I didn't watch the last few seasons, admittedly. But uh, because they weren't good. But uh, so I, I kind of know a lot of the foundation lore for this world and etc etc so uh yeah uh karen said she would play i asked if she could try to trick her husband into playing because what i did to get her to play was i was like oh i have this super simplistic system it like only has three skills and it's very easy to learn how to play i read through the entire rule book in one sitting Etc. Uh, Etc. Et I was just like, hey, it's a very simple system. It's fantasy. I know fantasy is like your main thing, but she's like me. She doesn't like overly complicated lore. We both feel like if you want to run a game in a world that has a ton of pre-established lore like that, it can actually kind of limit you, especially if your players are lore queens, because then they'll be like, oh, that doesn't fit into the lore. That doesn't fit into the lore. But since MLP has, you know, such little lore compared to other fantasy franchises, since it's once again for small children, we are all adults playing a small children's TTRPG, which is fine. Don't act like most of you who are listening to this don't watch cartoons or anything like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we think it's... We think it's going to be fun. That's how I convinced her. I was like, oh, you know, it's it's, it's a fantasy game, but it's not, uh, it doesn't have a lot of lore, very simplistic. You wouldn't have to GM, uh, and we wouldn't play it very often because I'm running another group and playing in a group other than that. And also, Keocat has a very hectic schedule. Karen has a very hectic schedule. So getting them both together to play will probably be almost impossible. In anyways <laughs> but uh she was like yeah i'll play what's what's the system and i was like oh it's the my little pony system so i i figured if i said my little pony right away it might turn her off but i think she's good with it it'll be fun i think it'll be fun i've once again i've played the game as a player once and i enjoyed it you can listen to that episode once again it's called the dragon's bounty uh but that is basically all the news I have uh, about upcoming games. Uh, I also, this is basically becoming a TTRPG podcast. I really don't want it to, but it basically is. Uh, so I've also started a series, a video series, where I do like readings of the first drafts of stories that i've written uh like the first one is available for free 
it's it's just my reading of the cult of the xo you can follow the either the youtube link or the patron link in the description below this podcast uh to see it because uh, it's on our youtube channel and it's on patron but this is actually a patron exclusive series that's the kind of free episode to show you what it's about but then all the other episodes and there are several up already all the other episodes you do have to join the five dollar tier on patreon to watch them so it's just you pay five bucks a month and then you can watch all our videos and see all our behind the scenes like images and stuff as well uh and the ten dollar tier this is also a new thing that i just added to patron the ten dollar tier gets you all of our images all of our videos uh puts you in the running for giveaways uh, which is another thing. You get a shout-out on uh, one of our most popular... You get a shout-out on what's pretty much our most popular video series on that channel. Uh, and also, you get access to downloads. You get access to downloads. So I will be typing up and making all of the Call of Cthulhu and Dungeons & Dragons adventures that I write, and also any of My Little Pony ones that I write. Although, I, I do kind of plan on running all the pre-writtens for My Little Pony. Uh, I will write some of my own stuff as well. Anything anything that I write goes up for download. Whether it's... and But it's only going to go up for download after I've basically used it, so I know it kind of works. So, any games that I run that I wrote will go up. And also stat blocks. I'm making. I was actually going to release uh, Call of Cthulhu kind of bestiary, uh, and it was basically just going to be full of like cryptids and creatures from mythology and stuff, and then like some lore uh, not, that I came up for them to kind of make them fit in the modern world a bit easier. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the lore is my own lore and not lore from actual mythology or anything. Uh, but I was going to make it a book with a ton of stat blocks and then sell it. But then I was thinking like, I don't want to sell this without a bunch of art. Cause I feel like people will buy it expecting it to have a bunch of cool monster art. And I don't want to just use a bunch of public domain images and I'm certainly not going to steal anyone's art. So what if I just make it available for download on Patreon? You know, just put it on Patreon, and people who like the podcast and who like our gaming videos on YouTube can just go to the Patreon and get it if they want it. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to release a bunch of Call of Cthulhu monster stat blocks at once, and then I'm going to uh, just start releasing individual stat blocks and stat blocks along with adventures, because I'm not going to give you an adventure without giving you the stat blocks. So that's it. Thank you all very much for your support. Remember to rate, comment, and subscribe. Check out all the cool links down below, baby. Uh, we got a lot going on. Once again, if you're listening to this on YouTube, these usually go up on YouTube later than uh, they do on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, etc. Uh, Tinycasts, all that stuff. 
So definitely listen to this on a podcast streaming platform instead of YouTube. Also, I make money off it if you listen to it on a podcast platform, and I don't make money off of it on YouTube, so please help me out here. Thank you all very much. I'm actually going to go back to uh, doing stuff that I was doing before, and <laughs> I'll see you all next time. And hopefully we'll have Big Boy Chungus back by then. Talk to you later.